the Patriots Beat Podcast here on the CLNS Media Podcast Network and on Patriots Press Pass. I'm Evan Lazar, joined as always by Alex Barth. And Alex, we've got a, a pretty big game to talk about. Maybe some people have heard that the Patriots are going to be traveling to Buffalo Orchard Park, to be exact, to take on the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football with the AFC East on the line. And I, I do think that even though a lot of people are effusive with their praise about the Patriots during this six-game win streak specifically, and Bill Belichick's getting a lot of love, and Mac Jones is getting a lot of love, this game, to me, Alex, is a true litmus test, right? A really good football team in Buffalo, won the division last year, a favorite to win the Super Bowl this year coming into the year. If you go into their place in prime time and you pull this thing off, then I think we can seriously be talking about the Patriots as true contenders in the AFC and uh, maybe get them over that hump of they haven't beaten anybody and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is the third or fourth time we've said this, that it's the true litmus test. Now, granted, this is the biggest game of the year. This is the toughest opponent the Patriots have faced. But, I, you know, I actually – to me, this is a bigger spot for the Bills. Because if you're the Patriots, a, a win would be huge. Like, don't get me wrong. A win would be massive. But I think at this point, the expectation is to at least split. This is a road game. It's a primetime game. Uh, you know, the the, your, the Patriots schedule is easier coming out of this than the Bills schedule is much easier. If you're the Patriots, realistically, you just need to split these two games. Right? Yeah. Win's great. Win's massive. If you win this, really good chance you win the division. But... I don't know that it takes away a ton if you lose it in terms of the postseason outlook. Uh, if you're the Bills and you lose this game, the whole house of cards comes tumbling down. Yeah. Right. This is, and I know we heard it mostly from the fans. There's a little bit from the players that yeah. now it's Buffalo's turn. They're going to get their 20 year run in the AFC. Now, all of a sudden you lost three of five. The boogeyman came back into your house and beat you on prime time, right? That t- I don't yeah. need to use boogeyman to invoke 2019. I mean, this yeah. Bills fans see the Patriots. They see Pat Patriot in their nightmares. Like when they close their eyes and go to sleep, they see the Pat Patriot logo and wake up screaming. That guy comes back in and beats you in one of the biggest games, probably the biggest regular season game in franchise history, at least in the last 25 years. Yeah. Like they're, and I don't know that the Bills are a, mentally like i think the bills might be a little mentally fragile well i I was on buffalo radio yesterday the day before and uh sal capaccio who's who's their bob soshi right he he does he calls the games up there in buffalo he said this is the biggest bills home game since their playoff runs in the 90s not not close the biggest bills home game since those playoff games in the night they hosted a playoff game last year Right. They, right. They, they hosted a playoff game last year and they're still talking about this game as even bigger than that. And if you look at just in terms of the matchup, the Bills have, at least on paper, the better quarterback, the more experienced roster, a team that has been there last year, made an AFC title game last year, maybe a little bit further along in their rebuild or, or whatever you want to call it. The Bills should win this game. Right, the the Bills should right. win this game. They are at home. They have the better QB. They have the more experienced roster, and they have some battle tested, you know, experience uh, from from last year and even at times this year. So I'm with you. I I think that if Buffalo loses this game, then you have they are going to kind of fall into that realization of maybe that was just one year. Right. Maybe that was just a pandemic season the year after Tom Brady left the Patriots and now the Pats are back and and we're in a dogfight again in in the division. And now we really have to start worrying about this. The other angle I want to take at this real quick. Well, can we do one more on this buildup angle? I got an interesting one for you. Yeah. This is on the buildup angle, too, but go ahead. Okay, this will be the 121st Patriots Bills game of all time. Yeah. They met once in the playoffs in 1963. If you want to count that. This this has to be the biggest Patriots Bills game of all time, right? It's up there. Yeah, I mean they've never. Well, I mean, made... what else is there? I again, I gave you 1963. Yeah. When have both teams been this good at the same time? Yeah. Outside yeah. of 1963. Yeah, because you know, with the Brady years, the Bills were never really there, right? You know, right. They, they never really were good enough to to be a true rivalry game. This feels like a rivalry game. You know, this feels like the Patriots are playing a division rivals 
in a big spot. The other analogy that I want to use, and I know we keep on going back to this one, and I, I think it's uh, it's relevant, but but maybe a little bit overblown. But in 2001, the Patriots played the Rams in week 10, right? They lost that yeah. game. But in all the DVD documentaries following their Super Bowl win, they talked about how going toe-to-toe with the Rams that night and playing a tight game, they lost 24-17 to St. Louis at the time. That gave them the belief that they could hang with the big dogs, right? That they were a legitimate team that could hang with the big dogs. Now, I, I kind of think the Patriots might have already had that game in week six with Dallas and week four with Tampa, right? Where yeah. they went toe-to-toe with the two best teams in the NFC for my money and were able to, to go blow for blow with them. But if they play, to your point about this being bigger for the Bills, even if the Bills win this game, but they win this game 31-28 on a last-second field goal and the Patriots play a great game and nearly beat them, I still think that that is enough momentum for the Patriots that uh, their season certainly is not going to go in the tank just because they lost this game. And and they'll look at it and they'll say, well, in a couple weeks it's at our place, right? And and we're going to get this right. one back. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, and again, you look at the schedule ahead, I don't think losing this game, unless they get totally blown out, I don't think losing this game derails a ton for the Patriots. I really don't. Not saying that they can go in and just not try, yeah. but, you know, I think that this game, again, it, it means a lot more to the Bills, and I think the flip side of that is if the Patriots do win, like, I think you can bury the Bills. I think there's a there's a mental chess match at play here, and, you know, if you beat Buffalo this week, you maybe send them into a spiral. I yeah. think that there's a real chance of that. Okay. So that's enough of the, of the build up uh, excitement. And, oh, I could do that and, for an hour. I, I know you could, but we, we got to get into some of the nitty gritty here. The one other thing I wanted to bring up before we get into the minutia of this matchup is the weather, because I think some people are touting the weather as a deterrent for the Patriots because Mac Jones is a Florida slash Alabama boy that's never played in the cold, has never played in the snow. But I actually think that if it snows and it's rainy and it's windy, like the current forecast is projecting basically a Nor'easter style type of game, that heavily favors the Patriots in my mind, heavily. Because Buffalo truly is built, on offense at least, like a dome team playing in a bad weather city. Right. They, they yeah. want to throw the football. They want to spread you out. They want to get into a track meet with you and they want to push the football down the field. If it's snowy and rainy and windy and all these conditions become a factor, the Patriots are the team that's built for that style of football. They can run the ball. They are the more physical team. They have the better offensive line. Uh, if this gets into one of those true December snow games, right, a, a bad weather game. I think that that heavily favors the Patriots and I think Mac will be perfectly fine in the conditions, but most importantly, they're able to run the football and win in the trenches in that style of game, even more just because of the weather impact. Yeah. I think this is, you know, not to say that they're not going to need Mac to make plays. You always need your quarterback to make plays, but I think this is a game where Mac is kind of in the passenger seat. Yeah, I do. I just think based on everything and it's nothing against Mac. I just, the Patriots are a game plan team. When you look at what the Bills want to do defensively and what they do best defensively, you come out, you run the ball. I right. think, and, and the weather only exacerbates that, right? I think that's the word exacerbates. So, yeah, yeah I, I think that the worst condition, I mean, you said it perfectly. The Bills are a dome team. Yeah. They're a dome team that happens to play in upstate New York. And I they don't, they do what they do. I know that the Patriots have kind of touted the Bills as being a game plan team. Yeah, they they throw the ball 80% of the time on first down. Yeah. I mean, you know what? They're, they're not beating anybody with deception. They're beating you with pure talent. The Patriots generally feast on those teams. So I think the bad weather, although it might be iffy for Mac, I think overall it helps the Patriots. Yeah, I, I, I think so as well. I, I just feel like the way the Patriots win this game from a big picture standpoint is they they want to win an uglier game. Right. If you try to get into a flashy, uh, greatest show on turf type of game with Buffalo, you're going to lose that way. Right. You're, you're right. not going to go toe to toe with this passing attack and go blow for blow with Josh Allen and go back and back and forth up and down the field. You don't want to shoot out. 
You don't want a track meet. You want to muddy this game up. You want to ugly this game up. You want them to feel you. They want you want them to, this game to be a hard nosed, gritty, tough, hard hitting, physical type of football game. That's what the Patriots are going to try to do in this game. Buffalo wants to play the total opposite way. Their defense is aggressive. They're fast. Uh, they get upfield. They attack the line of scrimmage, but they are not a defense that wants to be punched in the mouth. Right. right. And they, they are, they are not one of those types of teams. So I, I still feel like even on both sides of the football here, that that type of gritty hard nosed type of team, that that is what the Patriots can be in this game. And hopefully the weather will help them get there. One last angle here. I, I, we need to discuss. I feel like uh, that's extremely important to this game from a big picture standpoint is the status of Kyle Duggar, because this is to me a, a really um, difficult situation for the Patriots in this particular week in particular, right? Yeah. Like having Duggar not play in any game is tough. He's one of their best players on the defensive side of the football, certainly one of their most athletic, explosive, versatile players on that side of the ball. So to not have him out there is, is tough every single week. But this is a game where ideally, based off the matchup, you want to play most of this game in nickel and dime defense. You might even want to play most of the game in dime, right, with six defensive backs on the field. But if you're going to play six DBs on the field, you need to have a physical presence in the box next to Hightower or next to Bentley or whichever linebacker ends up being out there. If you have a six-man box and now Adrian Phillips is your sixth guy in the box, it's a much different, Not no offense to Phillips, who's a, a very good player too and just in a different way, the lack of physicality there, I think, is a big-time factor. So I'm fascinated to see how Bill Belichick game plans now because it doesn't feel like Kyle Duggar is going to be ready to go. It just – based off of the history, the extra day, it being on Monday night does help them, right? You know, it gives them an extra day to get him uh, cleared a protocol. But based off of how this has gone for most players in the past, it's, it's lofty to – return in the same week that you test positive it usually doesn't happen and i think using phillips you know so duggar play has played 81.3 percent of the patriots defensive snaps this year 81.3 yeah. that's the fourth most third most in the secondary behind mccordy and jc jackson and so people say all right well you have adrian phillips they're similar players well here's the problem with that adrian phillips is fifth in right. terms of usage he's right. like not even a percent point behind i think he's like 0.7 because that's so, really because my, not to cut you off, but that's because Miles Bryan is their sixth defensive back in reality, right? They, they, they're right. their base defense right now is big three safety nickel, right? Where they have right. Duggar Phillips and McCordy with JC Jackson and Jalen Mills on the field at the same time. So those five guys are your top five in that secondary, and Bryant is really the sixth guy. It's right. not it's not like they're taking one safety out and putting one safety in. So, well, the reason I bring that that number up is okay. So, if you want to replace Duggar with Phillips, fine. You've you've replaced 0.7 percent of the snaps, right? You know, now you still okay. So you went from the guy who plays 81 percent of the time. Now you need to fill in 80 percent of the time with Phillips if he's moving into Duggar's role. So, I, I don't. I mean, there, I think there's a couple options they have. I don't know that I love any of them. I think you could talk about putting J having Jalen Mills play some safety where he played last year. And then it's either Juwan Williams or Sean Wade or, right. or whoever Devonte Bosby, whoever they have on the practice squad at that other outside corner spot. Um, not sure how I feel about that one. I think more Jamie Collins and just using his athleticism to try to mimic some of what Duggar does. And I don't know that he can perfectly do it. And by the way, Collins still has to be activated. He's on IR, but he's practiced right. this week. Um, if Collins can go, maybe using his athleticism to, to, to mirror some of what of what Duggar does. Realistically, it's probably a combination of those two plus some other things, but those feel like the best best options right now. I don't know that either one's a great option. I don't know that I'm excited about either one. And it's nothing against Collins, and it's nothing against Mills. It's just you're now playing somebody out of position, which you never want to do. Uh, but those feel like the two one of the two paths they're going to take in order to kind of fill in for Duggar. Yeah, it's tough because, like I said, his physicality against the run and him playing big, he essentially plays like a like a pseudo linebacker in the box, right? He's somebody that can take on blocks at that level, 
take on guys in the hole and running backs in the hole at that level. And you're going to go into this game and Buffalo doesn't like to run the football a ton and they don't have a ton of efficiency running the football either. So you're going to go into this game basically conceding what you give up on the ground, right? If you give up a buck 50 on the ground to Singletary and Brita, then so be it. So if that's the case, then I think that you can play Duggar in the box and basically get that linebacker back against this type of team, right? Right. And then he can also handle some of the short zone responsibilities, some of the more stressful zone possibilities. And that's, I think, really big for them as well. Without him in there, that's my biggest concern is, okay, so now if you play nickel, traditional nickel with three cornerbacks in there and you have the two off-ball linebackers, that's all well and good. But now either Hightower, Collins, if he's healthy enough, Bentley, Van Noy, one of those guys is going to be in a stressful zone coverage situation. And that's what I want to segue into is Bill Belichick versus Josh Allen, which I think is a great matchup, right? Can I give I, you some numbers. I have some great yeah, numbers on this. And Brian Dable for that matter too. You know, you got to throw the, the coach in there right. as well. So you want the numbers? So yes, Josh Allen's first four starts against Bill. That covers the second meeting in 2018. He didn't play in the first one. The second meeting in 2018 through the first meeting last year. Josh Allen in those four games, 50% completion percentage, 183 passing yards per game, three touchdowns, six picks. Yeah. And before you say, oh, well, he got the best of the 2020 Patriots right. in the first game last year. And this is the year where Allen almost won MVP. 11 of 18, 154 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. And then there was the game last year at Gillette. 75% completion percentage, 320 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. It's jarring. It's jarring to the point where you wonder if he can repeat it. It's jarring to the point where you wonder if it was just a fluke and he hasn't actually figured Belichick out. Yeah, so well, Belichick didn't have the horses last year to go up against him in that second match. If you look at some of the starters that, too. that were on that defense uh, when they went into that game, it's an ugly lineup, right? It, it's a, Especially in the front seven. They, they might have had the secondary to keep up with them at times, but in the front and seven, they do not have the pass rush in the in the bodies that they have right now. So looking at the game plan of Belichick versus Josh Allen, the, the, the book on Allen right now is to play too high safety zone, right? Cover two quarters, keep those big plays in front of you and essentially force Allen to be a accurate timing based rhythm thrower on the short part of the field. And at times against new Orleans, they were able to do that effectively the opening drive, I think, really stands out as a balanced drive from Buffalo. But then as the game wore on, the Saints actually did start to win some downs on defense at, with that strategy again. So this is a player that wants to hold the football. He wants to get the ball down the field. Uh, he wants to hold it and extend plays in the pocket with his legs to then go ahead and throw the ball deep. So if you can keep everything in front of you and you can force Josh Allen to dink and dunk against you, all the way down to make this Bills offense go on a 12, 13, 14, 15 play touchdown drive, right? You can't give up the four play touchdown drive, but if you give up a 15 play touchdown drive, then that's playing right into the Patriots' hands. Get after him with the pass rush, force turnovers. And the biggest reason why you want them to have to string plays together is because Allen is prone to mistakes, right? right. So when he has to go on a drive and make five, six, seven good throws all on the same drive, then that can be really problematic because one of those throws ends up going to the other team, right? So that, that, that's that's what you're hoping for. The zone is going to be huge this week. Uh, the Patriots do not have the bodies in the secondary to match up man-to-man against Buffalo. They just don't. They they, they Maybe uh, J.C. Jackson and Stephon Diggs trade blows – Obviously, it didn't go well for J.C. the last time around in that last game last year, but maybe they can find a way to help him out there a little bit more. But then you have, you know, Mills on, I guess, Gabriel Davis, and you have Miles Bryant on Cole Beasley, which I don't like that matchup at all, without Duggar, who's taking Dawson Knox. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is in that mix as well. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of weapons on Buffalo. Yeah. And then you also have to factor in, that Josh Allen can extend plays with his legs and scramble against man coverage a lot easier as well. So to me, this is 110% another zone disguise game. 
right? Let's put the safeties back. Let's spin the dial post-snap. Let's give them different looks. Let's try to confuse them. Let's try to rattle them. Let's try to get them to hold the football. And then that four-man pass rush can get home uh, once you start getting him to hold the ball a little bit longer in the pocket. Yeah, and I think as much as we all want that J.C. Jackson-Stephon Diggs matchup, and, you know, there'll probably be a good amount of it. Even in zone, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, J.C. Jackson's on the same side as the, of the formation as him more often right. than not, just putting him over there. But, yeah, they got to go zone. I just don't think you can test it. And that's where, again, losing Kyle Duggar hurts because with those two high safeties, putting this is a, a perfect game to put Duggar in the box, and you can't, you know, you lose that right. third safety to put in the box when you put the two high. Right. You know, you play cover two and, and really the seam hook or, or even the two hole in the middle of the defense between the two high safeties. Those are the two hardest spots to play in cover two in terms of stress in, in coverage. Right? right. And if you have to put a linebacker there or you have to put a lesser coverage player, obviously you have a guy like Adrian Phillips who can maybe do that. Maybe this is a week where we actually see Miles Bryant play more back right, in terms of playing split safety zone. So you allow Adrian Phillips to go ahead and, and do some of those different things in the box or closer to the line of scrimmage. That might be a big thing for them this week. The matchups that scare me, and I, I, I hinted at it just then, it, the matchup that scares me the most is Beasley, to be honest with you, because I, I think they'll have something ready for Diggs. I think they'll be prepared for Diggs, and I think they'll roll the safety over the top of Diggs all game long, and he's going to have a tough time getting deep on the defense. But Beasley is a guy that can run that Edelman route tree against zone, where he's just going to find the voids. He's going to find the soft pockets over the middle. He's going to break off leverage, sit down, and, and allow them to just keep the chains moving, right? And you can't you, – you, I worry about Brian against him in man coverage. I, I don't think that that's a really good matchup for the Patriots. But what you really worry about is them formationally – getting opportunities for Cole Beasley against a linebacker or against one of your safeties in a short zone. If anybody is going to be the zone buster for Buffalo, it's going to be Beasley. But at the same time, I mean, that's mostly underneath stuff. That's three to four to five, you know, yards per route. Is Josh Allen going to take that all day? Right. That, yeah. I, that's, I, the, I, that's the game plan, right? You hope is, is Allen right. going to take a profit, right? You can't go broke taking the profit, but you got to take the $1 when it's available. Right. So. Right. And, and we saw him get impatient against the, against the Saints. So I think the best plan on Beasley as frustrating as it's going to be is make sure you tackle him and just see if you can get Josh Allen impatient, throwing to him over and over and over again. I think that's the best bet. The other thing with Beasley, he doesn't love contact. Yeah. If you kind of knock him around early, his hands get a little slippery. So I think that's a big part of this game too, is if there's a shot to line him up over the middle, I'm not saying intent to injure, but if there's a, if, if you can line him up over the middle early in the game, I think you got to take that shot. Cause if you knock him around a little bit, he's good. He might check out. And if he checks out, it changes the dynamic of the game. It does feel like a big game for uh, jams and redirects at the line of scrimmage, right? If yeah. you're if you're standing over Knox or if Beasley's like in tight number three inside or something like that, Matt Judon or Kyle Van Noy just popping those guys as they're trying to come off the line of scrimmage seems like that would be a good way to to kind of get to this Bills offense. Well, just like the Patriots offense, which we're going to get to in a second, the pa the Patriots defense needs to lean on Buffalo, right? They they need to physically impose their will against yeah. the Bills. They need to be the more physical team in a lot of ways. This matchup, from a schematic standpoint, is totally different. But from a big picture, physicality, mental aspect, what the Patriots did to the Rams in Super Bowl 53 is what they should be doing to the Bills this week, right? You you want to crunch these guys. 36. Yeah. No, no, no. This past one. But, well, that, but, no, no, it was the game plan at 36 too. Remember, hit them when they have yeah. the ball, hit them when they don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. You want to hit all these guys – in the mouth as much as you possibly can. I, I well, lastly here, D Dawson Knox doesn't scare me that much. And I, I know that's going to be uh, a little bit of a surprise to some people because of the numbers that he's put up. He's good in the red zone. Um, I, you do have to worry about him on some of those scheme type of plays where they slide him across the formation or they kind of gadget him open, if you will, to a degree. But I think he's widely overrated. I, I've watched a lot of bills tape to this week and, I, I don't know. I, I don't see it uh, as Das Knox being this 
oh no, we gotta we gotta really shut this guy down, right? Like it, if Dawson Knox is the one that's gonna beat you, then I, I kind of think the Patriots have to live with that a little bit. I want to take a second to shout out our friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. I still think the one you let beat you is Cole Beasley just because it's it's the, the check downs, it's the shorter plays. Like they're going to, Dawson knocked if he beats you, probably beats you for a touchdown. I don't know if that's the case with Cole Beasley. That that's fair. I just, to be honest with you, I think that they'll even without Duggar, they'll be able to handle Dawson Knox. I, I don't know what it is. You know, he's an athlete. Uh, he's physical. Um, he reminds me a lot of Johnny Smith, to be honest with you, right? Like that that Correct. kind that kind of player that is, you have to in a lot of Dawson Knox is not going to get to the top of the route and burn you, right? He's not he's like Hunter Henry, right? Who can who can run a great route and get open. Knox is a seam runner. Uh, he's a scheme touch type of guy, scheme play type of guy. Get the football on his hands, watch it, watch him run with it, that type of thing. I don't know. Those, those types of guys I think can, can be down. Jam, hold him up, um, worry about him when it's a design play to try to get the football to him. But I wouldn't worry too much about who's going to cover Dawson Knox, right? I, I don't think it's necessarily right. that. I, I think it's more from a schematic standpoint that they do try to get him involved, especially close to the red zone and inside the red zone. That That's a big Dawson Knox area um, for this team. So to be aware from a, from that standpoint is going to be uh, important. All right, let, let's move over to the other side of the football. I like that this matchup has a start with the defense, right? I, I think that that's a good thing um, for Mac Jones in a lot of ways because as much hype as Mac has gotten um, over this six game winning streak and over this season, he kind of feels like a little bit of a cliff note in this matchup, right? It's, it's a lot about uh, the Patriots versus the bills, Belichick versus Josh Allen, um, you know, that, that type of thing. I don't know how much is really going to truly be on Mac's plate, but the question that I have to pose to, to everybody here is everybody in that stadium is going to know the Patriots are going to want to run the football. Right, the Patriots know they want to run the football. Buffalo knows they want to run the the Pats want to run the football. Can the Patriots run it anyways? Because last week against Tennessee, they threw for 310 yards. They scored 36 points. They made it work without the running game. But the Titans said, "We're not going to let you run the ball. You're going to have to beat us a different way." And Tennessee was able to take away the run. So the Patriots have not, in my mind, I, I guess maybe against Cleveland they did to a degree. But they need a game, and in this in this game in particular, I think is a huge one for it, where everybody knows that Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are getting the ball, and they're still able to run it down people's throats. And I I think there are opportunities there uh, for you to run against Buffalo, but I think that they're going to be ready for it. I think they're going to put seven, eight guys in the box. I think they're going to use Hyde and Poyer aggressively against Teron and Teron Johnson out of the nickel corner spot. I think that they're going to be aggressively attacking the line of scrimmage against the run. This could be another game where if you can get them to bait them into that, right, where Mac cooks off a of play action. It could be. Buffalo is, not a, is a very good play action passing defense by the numbers, but maybe just in a game plan situation, that's where he they are able to create opportunities. But before we get to that, do you feel like the Patriots can run it on Buffalo, even with Buffalo expecting them to want to run the football heavily? Yeah, because the Bills, I, I don't think the Bills will do everything you just said. Because go back and look at the Colts game. They got gashed on the ground, and they still are dropping back in the coverage, expecting the, the Colts to throw the ball. Yeah. It's like they it's like what they do on offense, right, where they throw the ball 80% of the time on first down. They seem totally disinterested in the run on both sides of the ball. They just seem totally disinterested in it. To me, it's all about what you do up front. Starla Tule isn't quite Jeffrey Simmons, but he's a good player. Yeah. And we saw the kind of the problems – Simmons caused um, last week, right? So if you can neutralize, I think it's act. I think it's a big game 
to, to you know, you got to kind of try to get Tremaine Edmonds out of the box. If you can get a man on tight ends, like moving guys outside, if you can get him out of the box and contain Star Latule, I think you'll be able to run the ball because I don't think the Bills will sell all out for the run. I don't think they'll do it. They haven't really done that this year. Yeah. So I'm not too, like, they could, could do everything you said, and that would be a problem. I don't think they're going to do it because they haven't done it. They don't seem very interested in it. I, that's just a, if they're truly a game plan team, and Belichick, I think, is a little bit wary of calling Sean McDermott a game plan defense because they pretty much do what they do defensively week in and week out. With the big part of their their structure defensively against the run that's vulnerable is McDermott is a 4-3 over guy. He runs a 4-3 over front. Now it's a 4-2 over, right? Because they run it out of nickel. But right. out of that front, there's two vulnerabilities that the Patriots can attack. One is to the strong side, the three technique, who is usually Ed Oliver, is a one-gapping three technique. He's a guy that wants to shoot the ball off the line of scrimmage, get into the backfield, a very, very aggressive player and a very, very aggressive role in that defense, right? So right. what Indianapolis was able to do is they were able to get him to be over-aggressive, right? They invited him right. up the field and then ran wham concepts and trap concepts right behind him into that vacated area. So Oliver is a guy that I think is a fantastic pass rusher, explosive player, uh, definitely can be a game wrecker when he's on his game against the run too. But if you can use that aggressiveness against him, and I do think that he is a little bit undisciplined in terms of his gap integrity, then you can invite him up the field and run it in the same way that that Indianapolis did, which was a ton of wham, right? You have right. It, you, you leave him unblocked, right? You let him come through the line of scrimmage. He thinks he's unblocked, and then a tight end or a fullback comes out of nowhere and, and smokes him, right? You know, that, right. that those types of concepts. So using Ed Oliver's aggressiveness against him and that – role in that scheme's aggressiveness against him, I think is going to be critical. The other thing that the Patriots can do and what they've done in the past against this McDermott front is the over front leaves the backside B gap uncovered, right? They, they don't have anybody on the line of scrimmage that's over the B gap. So if you put the fullback in the backfield with Jakob Johnson, you can run it away from the tight end at this formation, right? Because they can right. use the, the fullback to steal a blocker on the weak side of the formation without having the tight end over there. So that's been a big one for them in the past against McDermott. And then you can incorporate some other things off of that. But those types of two types of plays lead to the weak side and wham are the two types of plays I'd look for the Patriots to try to run on that opening script and see if they can get the things going that Indy did. Tennessee was able to run the ball a little bit as well, but that's going to be big. And I, I love the fact that they are predictable because without Tredavious White in the secondary now, I don't think that they're as scary. I don't. I, I think when you look at the way that they structure their defense, in the back end, they play a lot of zone coverage, right? Now, that is a big zone-based system. But with Tredavious White, what they would do is they would actually have everybody else play zone and he would lock up man to man with his guy. They played a lot of Seattle style Mabel coverage, which Richard Sherman would do the same thing back in the day with Seattle, right? Where he would take the X receiver on an Island. The other 10 guys would play zone. Right. And right. without Tredavious white, once he went out of the game against new Orleans and they had to put Dane Jackson in there and leave with Levi Wallace, they had to play a lot more traditional spot drop zone where they're just, covering an area of the field. And when they had to do that, Sean Payton and like Josh McDaniels will do just the same. Then you just start pulling out your zone beaters and you start flooding zones, right? You start running right. three guys up one side of the field. You start crossing routes with the, with the go balls and you start to really confuse their coverages that way. I think not having Tredavious white in this game might not be that big in terms of, well, they don't need Tredavious White to lock down Nelson Aguilar. They don't need Tredavious White to lock down Kendrick Bourne. But they are not going to be able to play as much man coverage in the back end without Tredavious White. And that's going to allow the Patriots, who are excellent at finding those beaters against zone coverage, to start dialing those up. Tennessee last week played a ton of zone against the Patriots and Max threw for 310 yards. So I think that that's going to be a big part of this game as well. Uh, I'd, I am not as concerned about Mac throwing against this defense than I was a couple weeks ago. 
Yeah, I I think, and and I I think a good thing about this game too is we just talked about how Josh Allen won't take the underneath. I think the Bills' most dangerous coverage players are obviously their two safeties. Right. Mack will pick them apart underneath all day. Yeah. And I don't. I think Levi Wallace might be a little underrated. Dane Jackson, I think, is a guy. Not not to say he's like a great corner. I just I like Levi Wallace real tight. Um, Dane Jackson, but they can beat him. Dane Jackson's a guy I think they can pick on. And something we probably haven't talked about as much as we should have the last few weeks is the Patriots have been a really good run after the catch team. And that's what this game is to me. It's run those crossers underneath, right? Run those wrap combinations underneath and then run after the catch. And I think this is a team that can do that if they need to. Again, I think running the ball still is the primary objective, but they can, they can beat this zone and Mac won't from what we've seen so far, Mac won't get frustrated and start testing things further down the field and right and start testing Jordan Poyer and start testing Micah Hyde. He's more yeah. than happy. Just keep checking that ball down and letting the receivers make the plays. Yeah. That's a big thing this week is, is Hyde and Poyer who I, I think in a lot of ways for Davius white, like I just kind of went on that, that rant about how he would lock up man to man and, and they would a, are able to run some different types of zone coverage that way and match zone, that type of stuff with him in the game. Really, really awesome player, but they're the lifeblood of their secondary are those two safeties, right? That their system is designed around truly uh Poyer and Hyde and their ability, as Belichick said on Wednesday, to be interchangeable, right? Those one one guy can play deep and one guy can play low, they can play too high, they can play a robber and and a post safety deep, they can do it all. And in, in, you never know what they're going to do after the ball is snapped. They might start in too high and then finish in post or vice versa. So they can really spin the dial and disguise with those two guys because of how versatile and how interchangeable they are and experienced in the system. So if, if there's two guys that you got to make sure you know where they are at all times and when you're passing the football, if you're Mac Jones, it's those two safeties. Because we know, you know, for the Patriots, so much of their coverage – uh, so much of their passing game is based off of the shell, right? Is it too high? Is it single high? So in order for Mac to make the right reads and get the ball into the right places, then reading those safety rotations is going to be critical. And a lot of quarterbacks have, have a lot of trouble with that. I mean, heck, there were times where Tom Brady had trouble with it against this Bills defense when Buffalo's defense got better uh, towards the end of his career in Foxborough. So I think that you have to look at those two safeties in that kind of cat and mouse game between Mac Jones and Hyde and Poyer as one of the biggest matchups in this game, even though it's kind of a outside the box, it's not like they're truly going one-on-one against each other. That to me was, that was my number one key matchup uh, this week going into the game was Mac IDing where those guys are recognizing where they are. They're also, they don't use them a ton as blitzers, but they will blitz. And we know that Mac has had trouble with those safety blitzes over the last couple of weeks as well. So finding those two is going to be critical in this game. I'm going to audible and talk about cannabis, specifically Massachusetts premier cannabis dispensaries, INSA, I-N-S-A. They're the premier because the founders, Pat and Pete, re-engineered the cannabis model from what they sell to how they sell it while never forgetting it's for everyone. And so dispensaries are inviting and modern, so come in just to learn more. The staff are authorities on the science who answer every question from the differences between flowers and concentrates to offering for insomnia and anxiety or reco for hanging with friends. Insa has a world-class head chef too and only hires the most respected growers who perfected their craft when it wasn't so legit. One last thing, the Insta founders aren't VCs from Silicon Valley, but lifelong pals from Springfield. So there's another local team to root for, Insta. In Salem, East Hampton, Boston Delivery, and two Springfield locations, including just one off I-91 beside the MGM Casino. Mention we said to stop by for a sweet t-shirt or for one penny, insta.com or 877-500-INSA. What else do we got? This game, there's so many different angles uh, that we could take here, but I feel like it's simple at the end of the day, right? Like we could, we could, like we could continue to break down every little detail here, but I, I, I truly feel like it's a pretty simple uh, task at hand uh, here. Can we just talk about one thing here with Mac um, that I, I find to be super annoying, um, and, and maybe you know you feel differently about this, Alex, but this Mac weather talk. It, where does it come from that that it's some big detriment to his game that he's going to be so terrible in, in, in bad weather? 
I, I don't know. I just, I don't really get that take. I, he, we haven't really seen him in bad weather, I suppose, but it, it's not a guarantee that he's going to suck in the right. snow. Right. I like, mean, I, I think football in the cold certainly different and he's never really done it. Like I'm not saying he's guaranteed going to suck. I think it is important because if he's going to be the quarterback, of the new England Patriots, and, and compete for Super Bowls in New England, he's going to have to play in the snow and the cold. Like, he's going to have to be able to perform in those settings. That's maybe one of the most underrated things that Tom Brady did is he was as good in the snow or better in the snow yeah. than he was if it was, you know, 70 degrees and sunny. So I think it's important. In terms of this year, and I've talked about this before, I think they have the running game to support him while he kind of figures it out because it gets easier to run the ball once it gets cold, right? But yeah. I – to like – to, to me, the bigger one is people talking about the crowd and the environment in Buffalo. Like that, that is a complete non-factor, not a non-factor, yeah. but to me, it's nothing that he hasn't, like I'm more worried about how he handles it, the, the elements yeah. than he handles Bill's Mafia because, oh, yeah. and I know people up here don't like college football, but if you know, if you're familiar with the Iron Bowl, that's nuts. The Iron Bowl is... I mean, Bill's Mafia is like an, it's a great NFL environment. It's like an average power five college football environment. And the Iron Bowl is a heated rivalry, Alabama versus Auburn, which in-state rivals, all of that place goes nuts. Mac Jones in the Iron Bowl in 2019, because in 2020 it was at home. It was in Alabama, so that doesn't count. Mac Jones starting in the Iron Bowl in 2019, 26 or 39, 335 yards, four touchdowns against the top 15 defense in the nation. I think he can handle a big stage. I think he can handle yeah. a big stage on the road. I think he'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, look, it, he's played where at, at Auburn, he's played at LSU. I'm assuming, right. At least, at least. One. Yeah. That was the borough year though. So he kind of got smoked that year. Okay. Oh no. Two that... might've been, cause he took over late in 2019. He might've played at LSU. Yeah. I mean, he also played on in the, by the way, championship game. Right. Well, so that's different. That's neutral site. Right. A neutral site means so I'm just talking about stage, right? If people are worried about right. him in prime time and that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. I, I think they're more worried about the crowd, right? The crowd noise yeah. and it's going to be intimidating. Uh, the Iron Bowl 2019, that was pre-COVID, 87,000 people in the stands. That might be double what it is in Buffalo. It's close to double what it is in Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It, I agree with that there. I loved how he said that he just looks down at his phone and – and as they kind of roll by the opposing team's fans and just doesn't really give, give a crap about it. Yeah. I mean, so, I know, I, I know. I, just, I feel like all these angles are negligible to me in terms of how much impact the weather or the crowd. The weather went a little bit. I think the weather went a little bit. The crowd, I know people up here don't really get college football to that extent. Okay. But Bill's mafia, that's an average sec game. Okay. Yeah. And hang on, I'm pulling the schedule up, and I know it's last year in COVID, blah, 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 but it's the SEC. They put people in the stands. Yeah. He won yeah. at LSU. Right. He won at Arkansas. He won at Tennessee. Uh, I mean, they were undefeated last year. Yeah, he, he'll he be okay. Yeah, I, I think they'll be just fine as well. Is there anybody else that, that we haven't talked about on that Buffalo offense that scares you? Because that, that offense has a lot of, a lot of mouths that they can feed. Right? Are there any other keys to, to to stopping that offense that we didn't hit on? I mean, we could talk a little bit more about the pass rush. I think that that's going to be a pretty big part of this game as well. That most importantly, making sure that Allen doesn't extend plays with his legs. Right? This is not. This is definitely a little bit of a game where you want to pressure him, and, and I'm sure that they'll design some things up to pressure him, stunts, you know, stuff like that. But you definitely don't want to let him out of the pocket. You know, I think that's that is something that you you're going to have to be wary of this week. And if there's one, there's one thing, one thing, because he's been fantastic. But if there's one thing that Matt Judon is a little bit prone to, it's he does every once in a while let the QB out, right? Because he is trying to pin his ears back and get after the quarterback. So, how do you see the that matchup shaking out? Because the Patriots should have a, a huge advantage. Uh, in the pass rush against Buffalo's offensive line. Buffalo's offensive line, uh, they are getting back one of their guards uh, th this week, I think. But uh, they've Feliciano. been – Yeah, and uh, Spencer Brown at right tackle is also going to play in this game too. So they're going to have their full contingent. Uh, but it's still not a great offensive line in my mind. Yeah, I think that, you know, they're stressing that this week, I would assume. 
they're making sure everybody's on the same page that this is a pursuit game or a contained game, not a pursuit game. So my one other point on this game would be, and I, I, this is sort of no dub, but it also is big. You got to get up early. You got to get up early. I think getting up, getting an early advantage, and it's important in every game, but especially this week, Josh Allen sucks when he's behind. Jim Murray tweeted out the splits yesterday. I mean, we talk about, you know, getting Josh Allen impatient, waiting for him to force things. If he gets behind, it it just, you know, it becomes even more so that he's going to he's going to start making dumb decisions and we saw what happened last week. I think part of the reason the Patriots struggled to stop the run last week is the Titans didn't become one dimensional. Running was still something they could do because that game was close. Now, Buffalo doesn't run the ball a ton, but part of the reason they've had so much success defensively is the offense has gotten them up early and forced the opposing offense to become one-dimensional. And the Patriots defense can kind of sit back in their in their pass protection, right, in their pass defense, and not have to worry, oh, you're going to run the ball for five yards? Fine. It's the fourth quarter. You're down three scores. Like, go ahead. Run the ball for five yards. So I think getting an early lead and forcing the Bills to become even more one. You basically, if you get an early lead, you you duplicate the Bills' biggest weaknesses offensively, which to me are they're one-dimensional and they're impatient. Those two issues only become worse. They only become magnified if you get ahead early. So it's easier said than done, but you want to know the perfect s- script to this game? Josh Allen throws a pick on the first drive. Josh yeah. Allen throws a pick on the first drive, that might be it. Yeah, because if you can get it, even even if it's ten nothing, fourteen nothing, at the end of fourteen three, at the end of the first quarter, you're in business. Because now, and like I talked about at the beginning, I don't think Buffalo is the most mentally tough team. All of a sudden, here you go. It's it's there. This is the seminal Bills game. This is their big stage, and all of a sudden, we're down. Uh All of a sudden, that sweat starts to build up a little bit. Those hands might get a little shaky, and it's going to snowball on them. So I, I think getting an early lead is huge. Like as big as it usually is, and Bill Belichick would, would probably kick my ass for saying this because you want to get up first in any game. You want to play with a lead in any game. Right. As big as it is in any game to get an early lead, it's monumentally bigger in this game. I think the team that scores first for both, and by the way, same goes for the Bills. The team that scores first has a monumental advantage in this game. And you want it to be the Patriots, obviously. Yeah, I think that's a good way of summing it up as well. And I love in the chat, we got some some Bills Mafia members in in the chat talking some smack. Which is which is good. You know that they they just search bills on Twitter and and find anything that that's uh, anti. Yeah, they're, they're trying to catch us saying something. And you know, I'll give bill, the bills cre- bills credit. All it took was Tom Brady leaving, <laughs> I, a, a good chunk of the roster leaving, a global pandemic, and it still took them till December to knock the Patriots out of the playoffs. It still did. And they went up and they put up, you know what? If the Bills lose this game, and I'm not saying they will, it's a very close game. And I'll take my full victory lap if I can on Tuesday. But or it might be Wednesday this week. We'll talk about that off the air. But yeah, if the Bills lose this game, I want to know who put up that billboard on Route One. Who put up that billboard by my child at home <laughs> proclaiming that the Bills Ran Alex the AFC, very, now run the AFC. Alex is very, very upset about the billboard. I'm I, upset about Bills fans thinking that that they're all of a sudden hot shit because they won the division one year in the flukiest year in NFL history. And yeah. I'm getting the texts from the Bills fans, and I'm not talking to you this week. We're competitors now. Ooh, <laughs> you get a little bit of success. I never did that during the 20 years. I never did that. Oh, well, Patriots fans talked all this crap while they were on their run. Well, what did you want us to do? Lie? We weren't talking crap. We were right. We were right. It wasn't bragging. We were stating facts. The Patriots are the best team in the, like, circa 2016. The Patriots are the best team in the NFL, and it's 40 degrees out. Those are just facts, right? Now, all of a sudden, the Bills fans come in, sending their preseason power rankings. Look at that. We're third in SI. Well, why even play the season at that point? You're danger losing three of your last five. Right. Let's 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 calm you, down with the oh right. the Patriots are washed. One of these Wait, let, let's see what happens on Monday five. night. Let's see what happens on Monday I'm night. Not, look, I'm not. But, this but, is, but, this has, hang on. This has nothing to do with what's going to happen Monday night. I don't right. want people coming back and saying, "Oh, you were talking all this crap." This has nothing to do with with what's going to happen Monday night. All I am saying is, Bills fans are seven and four, 
and they're acting like they won the Super Bowl. Like, win this game and you can talk. Win this game, absolutely, you can talk. I'm not talking about the 2021 Patriots. I'm not, because they might lose this game. I'm talking about what you did last year and then comparing it to what we did for the past 20 years. They're nothing alike. Yeah. And that's, to me personally, there's so many stakes on this game because I'm so done with these people. Anyway. The Bills also lost to the Jaguars. Let's not forget that. So And almost the Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> on that note, Bills Mafia, come on back next week at, on, on the preview show. And you can come back here and you can talk your smack if you guys win. We'll talk our smack if you guys lose. We'll we'll see you then. I know you'll be back. Uh, you'll be in my DMs. You'll you'll be. Nah, they won't come back if the Bills lose, yeah, unless there's a a borderline questionable call, in which case they'll call the police. <laughs> I love it. All right, but Alex and I will be back next week to recap Patriots Bills probably on Wednesday, as Alex said, just because of the Monday Night Football game, and then we're gonna get into the bye week. So this is definitely a week that. Uh, our second show, Alex, uh, or maybe the first show the next week, if we don't do a, a second show next week, we'll definitely do a Q&A. I think that's a perfect opportunity to come in, ask us your questions about self-scouting the state on the team. Yeah, some self-scout, exactly. Uh, state of the team type of questions, things that the Patriots have to improve on, all that kind of stuff. So next week, we'll get into that. I also saw a lot of people in the, in the chat uh, tune in late asking about Kyle Duggar, asking about the Jaguars blueprint against the Bills, stuff like that. We talked about that at the beginning of the show. So if you want to go back uh, when we're done here and listen to the beginning of the show, we answered all of that type of stuff then. But yeah, uh, next week, Q&A, we're going to do it. State of the Union, where do the Patriots land uh, before the bye? Late bye this year, obviously, but still a good opportunity. I actually think in a lot of ways um, – it's going to help them out that the buy is so late, right? Because they, they I feel yeah. like this is a perfect opportunity. They know exactly who they are now, right? And they know exactly what their weaknesses are. If you have a buy in week five, then you might not have uncovered everything quite yet. You know, they have a huge sample size here uh, to be able to figure this out. So we'll talk about those things next week. We'll talk about this uh, game against the Bills. Uh Alex, I'll have you covered on Monday night on 98.5. I'll have you covered on Monday night on clnsmedia.com. So until then, signing off for Alex Barth, I'm Evan Lazar. Thanks for watching, everybody.